0: This is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. I, <clears throat> I want to share with you a message that, um, that the Lord has put on my heart for several weeks, and I believe that God is going to use that today in our lives. It's uh, Joseph, blessing in the land of misfortune, blessing in the land of misfortune. Some of the most difficult places in life are when we find our place, ourself, in a place as a result of nothing that we've done ourselves. These places often are the result of unjust actions of other people or great sense of loss, but Joseph called it the land of my misfortunes or the land of my afflictions. It's a land that comes with fertile soil to grow bitterness and sadness. It's a land of ashes and loneliness. It can be a land of isolation and feeling there's no hope or no strength. Some of the things that we go through in life of great loss, of of death in the family, spouse or children or parents, those close to us. We have those feelings because we're human and how many know even Jesus wept? And there is a process that we have to go through. But God wants us to know that even in the land of misfortune, God has a blessing for us. And God is at work. And God is at work not only in that land, but he's at work in us to do his will and his purposes. The backstory story of this is it centers around Joseph, and Joseph would, would be taken into captivity, uh, sold into slavery by his brothers. He was the 11th son uh, of a family of 12 boys. And he was the youngest one for quite a while. And uh, how many of you saw the movie about Joseph and the amazing, his amazing coat? Yeah. Well, to give that coat away, that was a special coat. And his father gave that at that time to the youngest one that highly offended all of his brothers. Because in that day and age, in that culture, the firstborn always received the double blessing called the double portion. And they were responsible to carry on the values and the principles of the family. And that's what they did. And Joseph received this, and yet it, it appears that he strutted around in it. He didn't help himself. And then he had a couple of dreams where, um, one, he saw all these sheaves of grain and they bowed down to one, and, and who they're bowing down to was him. Remember that? And then the stars in the sky, they all bowed down to him. And the crazy thing about it was uh, he told his brothers. Now, you talk about stirring the pot. Uh, he was not like Mary who kept all these things and pondered them in his heart. Uh, he, he went and he told them and let them know, what was happening. As a result of this, they become very jealous, and they sold him into slavery. And actually, it was, a, it was a dysfunctional family, because can you imagine that sons would actually deceive their father by saying that your son was killed by wild animals while they had sold him to slavery? What a treacherous, treacherous move by the brothers. And I can't help but think that Jacob, who we heard about last week, but some of this came from Jacob. It was, it was passed down because how we conduct our life, for good or for bad, gets passed down even to the next generation. And we know that Jacob was, he also was dysfunctional because he Conspired to steal the birthright from his older brother. And his mother helped him steal the blessing when his dad was blind. And it wasn't until, uh, and then Jacob married uh, Rachel and Leah, and Rachel conspired against her own father, Laban. I, I mean, can you imagine this? It's the grace of God that God can use people and that they're in the scripture. So, I just want you to know there's hope for you and me. How about that? Isn't that good news? All right. So I won't say who would ever experience sibling rivalry. We're not going to go there today, but it was fertile soil. And uh, so they sold him into slavery. And by the way, uh, I'm reading through the book book of Leviticus right now. There you go. Uh, There's a couple of books that I read through when I read the Word of God for the year, and I don't really enjoy One is Leviticus and the other is numbers, you know. And I like numbers, but I don't like that many numbers, all right. Repeat it over and over and over. And I say, God, what? why are you doing this, you know? What's the point? So, all right. But it, I read it for the first time in Leviticus. Uh, I read this, that part of the Mosaic Law was that it was forbidden if, and back then they had multiple multiple wives. I'm not going to go there. I just, we're not going to go there this morning. But, but Jacob had married Leah and Rachel, and it was considered actually an abomination to the Lord. And so in Leviticus and the Mosaic law, he said, Moses put that, this down that a man is not allowed to marry sisters. How many think that might be a good idea? All right. <laughs> All right, but even back then when there was multiple wives, there's no sister wives is what he's talking about, okay. Joseph finds himself in Potiphar's house, sold into slavery, and through a series of circumstances, there's a long process that goes on for year after year after year after year, and I can't imagine being 17 years old, There's no possibility of escape and going to bed every night without my family being there. No hope of ever seeing them. But God was at work in a bigger way. And as you know, the story was that he caught Pharaoh's eye and he interpreted a dream for him and gave him a strategy that came from the Lord that would literally save Egypt in the time of famine and the nations around there. And Pharaoh exalted him to be number two. And this is the story of how God is at work in even the worst of situations. Often when we think of blessing, we think of, oh man, uh, someone has given us, uh, someone's given us something that we weren't expecting and we say, what a blessing. Or I got a brand new car, uh, hashtag blessed, or something like that. But do you know that God, and God wants us to know this, because God is at work and you're his child, and how many know that we, we have a covenant relationship with God and all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ and that God is at work in our life. And because he's at work, he does not sleep. He does not go on vacation. He does not go to the potty, okay, okay. He's at work all the time, and he even has a blessing for you in the land or the place of your misfortune, your affliction, when it seems that all hope is God. God has something for us there. Can someone say praise God? Amen. So, Joseph, we're, we're going to read the introductory scripture under, uh, point, uh, under number four. We won't read that right now. Joseph was a blessing. He was a blessing in every situation that he found himself in. In other words, I want to encourage us, and we can find great encouragement from the Word of God that God calls us to control what we can control in the middle of a bad situation. Genesis 39, so Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. Church, our calling is to bless rather than to revile or get vengeance. When you find yourself in the middle of misfortune as a result of something that is unjust by somebody else. Uh, If you don't want to get vengeance or get even, you're way more spiritual than I am. I want them to pay. Does anyone else have that feeling? (laughs) Come on now. All right. Okay. We believe in progressive sanctification here, so we're not all there yet. All right. (laughs) It's a default. We want you to pay. You know, God, do, why? Oh, my goodness. But God's Word says in 1 Peter 3, 9, that we are not to return evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. And that promise of God works It works even in Egypt. It works in Bel Air. It works in Baltimore. It works wherever you are. We are called to receive a blessing, but God says don't give insult for insult. Don't return evil for evil. Don't be consumed with getting even or saying I'm going to show them or they're not going to put me in that situation. I also believe that the reason that Joseph spent 13 years before he would ever catch Potiphar's eye is that God knew, God knew the plan that he had and that Joseph would be central to it, but he couldn't use that kid. He could not use that kid who strutted around in his amazing coat of many colors. He couldn't use that kid who didn't have enough discretion because discretion is the better part of valid. The kid didn't have enough sense but to brag to his, to his whole family, including his brothers. And how many know that's not a good recipe to lead in the household of faith or when God has something really big and important for you to do. That's not the way to get there. And so God sent him there, and Jesus often, I believe this, often leads us into his suffering. To mature us for greater usefulness. Please do not take the bait of Satan and allow offenses to rule your life in the land of affliction. There's a huge hook that comes with the bait of Satan. But ask, how can I bless those that are over me in the Lord? You say, well, I I don't work for anyone that's over me in the Lord. Oh, yeah, if you work for someone, they're over you in the Lord. Do you know that? Do you know that even governments, the Bible says this, this is a mystery to me, that even governments, God has appointed as ministers to work His ultimate purpose. That's why the, the Word of God commands us to pray for those who are over us, first of all, Paul wrote to Timothy that you pray for kings and rulers and those in authority over you. So whether you were you uh, you say, well, I I, uh, uh, I I'm I like President Trump, and someone else says I like President I liked President Obama. So I prayed for President Obama, but I'm not going to pray for President Trump, or I pray for President Trump now that finally my man got in office. God wants us to know from his word that, biblically speaking, that's a bad attitude. All right. I hope you vote with more vigor than you say amen. (laughs) But we are called to inherit a blessing, but the only way to inherit a blessing is to be a blessing. Ask how I can bless those over me in the Lord. Ask. I had the wonderful privilege of teaching a class of graduating seniors at North Point Bible College this week. And so I walked them through some uh, practical things. And one of them, I said, okay, you know, you're, uh, you're all new here and, and you're hoping to get a job or a position or you want to be in ministry. But I said, honestly, some of you... Uh, And I I make a joke of it, but I said, you come floating in here late every morning, I just want you to know, part of your grade is being on time. So don't do this when you get into church situation, because if you come floating in and you take it lightly and you get the idea that God has called you there and the church is your canvas and you're going to do what you're going to do, regardless of what the senior pastor wants, that's a bad attitude. How many understand that? There's authority that God deals with. So if you get your wires crossed with the person that you're working for, and now you find you want to do something, and you don't have enough money to do it, what you want to do, friends, you want to run as fast as you can and say, a boss or a pastor or wh- whoever in the world is over you in authority, and you just say, look, I, need to, I just need to ask, I want you to know that I'm here to, to bless the church, I'm here to bless you, I'm here to run with this vision, and Could I take you out for a cup of coffee and a Dunkin' Donut? And I will say yes. Yeah. And then you take them over there, or you say, well, or do you want to go to La Tolteca? I'll say, okay, yeah, we'll go to La Tolteca. And then you pay. Don't flash the church credit card, you take cash out of your pocket. And you let that man know? You hear, how many hear what I'm saying? How many hear what I'm saying? You let him know and I said, you'll be surprised when you bless people and you bless the ones, the church that you go to and instead of strutting around your coat of many colors of what you've learned in Bible college, you'll be surprised how the congregation will love you and embrace you and they will follow you in order to be a blessing we have to inherit a blessing, we be a blessing. How many hear what I'm saying? All right, we'll move on. Now, he maintained his relationship with God. God's word says over and over that the Lord was with Joseph. There's no substitute for that. God is with those who long to be with him. He is with those who long to be with. With him. I want to encourage you to draw close to the Lord and he will draw close to you in incredible ways. A wonderful thing has happened in uh, our lives together, Chris and myself, and, and we just, we've sensed the Lord, we sense the Lord just calling us to um, more. Concentrated times of being in God's presence alone, just alone. And, uh, and, and I, and I, you know, I, Paul said, pray without ceasing. And I pray, I pray when I'm driving, I pray. That's an attitude of prayer. But Jesus also said, but when you pray, you go to your prayer closet and open the door where no one knows you are. There is a place of secret. Prayer and concentration and intimacy with God. And we've noticed, and we've just started, we've just noticed, started rejoicing the things that God is doing in our lives. Because when we long to be with Him, He longs to be with us. And we draw close to the Lord. He comes in incredible ways, and our situation grows dim in the light of His presence and grace. God's favor, third thing I want to share with you on him brought promotion. Genesis 39, and you don't have that, but I'll, I'll read that. <clears throat> Genesis 39 So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. Favor is the fruit of relationship with the Lord. Every situation that we find ourselves is an opportunity for promotion or demotion. Let's honor the Lord. Let's honor the Lord. I believe from God's Word that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're thermostats. We're like thermostats, and we carry the blessing of God with us. So, you've heard it said from this pulpit you, that we should be, as followers of Jesus, we should be the best employee that they've ever had. All right? Are they? You say, well, you you know, you don't know. Are they rotten to you? you they're rotten to me. Okay. Um, that happens. How many know people are rotten? Yeah. Bless them. Just bless them. Be a blessing. Sometimes, sometimes we think that because we're followers of Jesus, no one will listen to us. That that might be true. But because we're a follower of Jesus, everyone sees us. And what an opportunity. And if, if, you, if you are an entrepreneur, if you have a business here, I know you would, you would give your right arm if you had the opportunity to be in front of every if everyone saw you and saw you alone and not your competition. And as followers of Jesus, because we're followers of Jesus, we get that opportunity. I, I remember in, in in high school I played some football and the, the football team was was actually very, very good. And I was this lowly freshman, and back then they did stuff that they don't do today, thank the Lord. But the the seniors are everything. We were lowly. We were nothing. I mean scum of the earth. Lower than a snake's belly in a wagon wagon rut, and then they'd stamp on your spike and whack you in the helmet. I mean, it was just bad. You were you were just meat for them, you know. And but my mom and dad taught me to live for the Lord, and I uh, I didn't try to get back at them wisely, and <laughs> it just wouldn't have worked out. But I maintained my testimony. I did get involved in all the locker room, the talk, the, you know, the talk that goes on about the girls. And I just, it's been there forever. I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't enter in. But, uh, but I had friends. I wouldn't get involved in things we were doing. And I, I didn't know that anyone ever even noticed. I come to find out people were watching. And later on, one of the stars uh, who had a full scholarship to the University of Arizona when they were really big-time football. He gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and my dad was talking with him, and he, he would just say, well, how did this come about? He said, you know, when I was a senior, your son was a freshman. And he said, I just noticed he was different than anyone else. And so one day he came to the church. Everyone in town, the Catholic town, they called it the Jesus Saves Church because we had a neon sign out front that said Jesus saves with a cross. Gave his life to Jesus Christ. It really does make a difference. We're thermostats that carry the blessing of God. In Pharaoh's sight, he was given authority over all of Egypt. He was given the priest's daughter to marry and Pharaoh even said, and you find this in God's word, bow the knee whenever you see Joseph. How many know that's authority? Bow the knee, yes. And then all the Scripture says all the world came to Joseph to buy grain because of the famine was very severe. The fourth thing I want to share with you this morning that God gave him a double blessing. And we're going to read Genesis 41:50 50 to 52. Just before the year of the famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. And let's go to the next verse. And Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. And he named the second Ephraim, for he said, God has made me be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Praise God. In the land of our, we go through the troubles in life. God will make us forget as we draw close to the Lord. I can't imagine what a miracle it was for Joseph to forget his household. And what he, what he meant was that he's forgotten the pain of betrayal and the pain of abuse. God wants us to know, even if you're from an abusive family, where they tell you, and they have told you when you grow up, that they love you, and yet they abused you, or sexually violated you, but at the same time would hold you on their knee and put their arms around you and then do the unthinkable and then tell you not to say anything to anybody that anyone should ever come, would ever find out. Joseph underwent something similar. His father loved him, but his brothers betrayed him. They not only betrayed him, they betrayed they betrayed what that ancient culture was all about. That even when your family does you wrong, you'll go to any cost. If they're in trouble, you'll pay any price. You'll go anywhere to bring them back. It's why Abraham and Lot, when Lot, that, that untested, that bad attitude, sorry person, excuse me, God's not sanctified me all the way, but I'm just telling you the way it was when Abraham says, you pick what you want, and Lot said, oh, if you're going to give me that, I pick the best for myself. But Abraham understood that God had given him a promise. And the Lord said to him, Lot, don't worry about it. He said, because as far as you can see, east and west, it's all yours. And when Lot got in trouble, Abraham mounted up 300 and some of his servants because he was his kinfolk and he was bound by the covenant of family to go and rescue Lot. And this is what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, where his family and Jesus Christ is the elder brother. And God went to any length and every distance to go and bring us back. And someone say, Praise God. And to be betrayed by your family in the land of, that put you in the land of affliction. And Joseph said, God has made me to forget. Praise God. Listen. There are people here this morning that God wants to heal. You have carried things inside of you, and I'm not accusing you. You're human, I'm human, but we've carried things inside of us that have poisoned us and have hindered us and held us back and keep us awake, and we have flashbacks about it. But God, in the land of your misfortune, can do a work in your life so the pain will be taken away. Can someone say praise God? And then he said, God made me fruitful in the land of my misfortunes. Who would have thought? He's given me these children. He's blessed me. And God does that because of His covenants with us. His covenants are, if you will, then I will, says the Lord. Leviticus 26, 9-13. Leviticus is, is full of the covenants of God, but He said, "You will, I will turn toward you and make you fruitful and multiply you, and I'll confirm my covenant with you. It goes on there to tell what God will do. But I also read in Leviticus chapter 26, verses 40 through 45. I never noticed it before. I guess I never noticed it because normally, by the time I get to Leviticus 26, I am like, "God, I got that chapter down." You know, it's, like, it's terrible, isn't it? Like I checked that one off. You know, like, let's get on to the exciting thing. But I read for the first time in my life. Leviticus 26 40 to 45 that in the land of our enemies in the land of our enemies God said when you turn away from me or or you make the wrong choices he said I'll let you languish in the land of your enemies but I will come and get you God's word says "When we are faithless he still remains faithful to us there's a blessing of covenant because God loves his people and he will be faithful to us. Can someone say amen? amen. And it says that I will come in the land of your enemies and I will, I will chase them out and I'll draw you back to myself. Can someone say praise God? Amen. God's made me to forget and God has made me fruitful. It's a double blessing. The last thing I want to share with you is that God was, God was at work on a bigger project. Some of the last words of Genesis 50 says, As for you, Joseph said, he had, you remember, they came to him, they came to him twice. Then he revealed himself, and there's Joseph. God had done a work in him, and he said, As for you, you intended evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. And when he was talking about God used Joseph to go down to Egypt, God's people would come down and they would be there for 400 years and they would be called Israel and, Joseph, and Moses would lead them out to the promised land to establish a place for the witness of God to go throughout all the earth. Praise God. And one day, one day, God's Word says, the knowledge of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. God is at work in a bigger picture than our lives and what we can see. God's vision is stronger than my sight. Don't let the enemy's weapons throw you off. He doesn't waste bullets on dead soldiers. And God is at work everywhere and He is in control even when we don't see it. And He will heal, He will bless, and He'll use you for His glory. I spoke with, spoke with someone yesterday, I won't call her name, a lot of you know her, but she lost her, her husband two years ago. And, she, and she, said, she said, Paul, I still can't even talk about it. But she just lost her son. Her son had his funeral a couple weeks ago she's a licensed counselor psychologist she said I know all the right things but there's morning I don't even want to get up it's so real but she said I've come to this and she told me her age she said, but this is what I believe. She said, God's put a hope in my heart. She said, I can't reconcile that hope with the reality of what it is. But she said, God has a hope for me and a future for me. And my loss will not define who I am or whose I am. Can someone say praise God? Yeah. Someone say praise God, praise his name. I'm going to ask the usher team to come. We're going to serve communion. But The Bible says that Joseph spoke kindly to his brothers. I want to encourage you to forgive and to forget and to move on, to let go, so that you can allow God to move. He has promised a future and a hope for you that's greater than anything that you could ever ever, ever imagine. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise His name. Praise God. I want to pray for you right now. And then as we come, would you come and by faith receive what God is speaking to you today because Jesus made a way for us. Praise His name. Heavenly Father, we love you. We love your word. We love your future. Lord, we enjoy so many blessings But Lord, I am so grateful that we have walked even in the land of affliction, Lord, so you could do your work in us. And we have found, Lord, that in that land of affliction, you have healed us. You have made us to forget, and you've made us fruitful, and you've multiplied us. And true to your covenant, you said that you would come and your presence would dwell among us. And we praise you this morning, Lord, for that. We bless your holy name as we receive the emblems this morning of your crucified but your resurrected life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Would you stand?